Welcome to the Plan Simple Podcast. I am your host, Mia Moran. Moms have the power to change the future, but not if we're stressed out and exhausted. Looking at food, lifestyle, spirituality, and work, the Plan Simple Podcast is for busy moms who want to create a healthier and happier future. Listen in for inspirational conversations and valuable strategies to plan for your best life. It is Mia here. I am definitely drawing on my Southern greeting today. Someone the other day was explaining how y'all is actually the kindest thing we can do because it has always been gender neutral. And I loved that because the thing that we say sometimes in New England is you guys, which is so not us, right? So not us ladies. So anyway, that was a little aside as I get started today and welcome y'all to the Plan Simple podcast on Halloween if you are listening to this live. So on Halloween, we are going to talk about magic. My guest today is just the person who I wanted to dive into this topic. I feel like magic is one of my favorite new words one of my good friends, and she's been on this podcast, Sarah Jenks, she said the other day that magic is the new yoga. And I loved that just because I've always been somebody who has tapped into my magic and just seeing the world in a magical way. And it's really important to me. And it is why one section of the flow planner is called Um. I needed to come up with a word that captured it and started with an O, so it couldn't be magic. But really, Om is about the magic. It is about the quiet. It is about those things that connect us to the earth, to that little voice inside of us, the kind one, not the mean one, and just really connects us to our creativity. So I'm super excited to hear all of Lisa Marie's takes on magic. She has some great advice for all of us. So we're going to get there in one second. But before we get there, I just wanted to talk about a few things. So today, Halloween, for me, kicks off the season of the amazing and magical and sparkly and shiny holiday season, which also can be a time that really pulls us out of our center, out of alignment with who we want to be, what we want our family to be like, how we want to show up because we're just tested a lot. You know, it starts off tonight where we're tested by this obscene amount of sugar that can come into our lives and makes us crazy, makes our kids crazy. And it feels like it just starts this snowball effect. So I'm going to be talking a lot over the next couple of weeks about boundaries and about just coming up with our own belief system of what we want this time to feel like. And if we want this time to feel like this, and it's going to be different for all of us, then how does that affect or how does that inform what choices we make in what we eat, what we're doing as a family, what our kids are doing, what we're letting our kids do, what we're asking them not to do, Um, you know, the time that we're spending, how we're running around, how we're choosing not to run around. All these things look different for different people on different years. And we're going to start talking about this. So for today, if you're listening to this on Halloween, I just want you to think before the hecticness of the evening, if you have trick-or-treat age child children, what's, what's happening? Like, 
what are you going to do with all that candy? Is Are there rules? Do you want your kids to have all, all that candy? Is there a message you want them to hear? What is that? And I have to say, I think a lot about this and, you know, we don't, I don't have a perfect message yet. One of the things I do is I give away oranges. My kids are always like, for real, are you doing this? So we give away oranges. I'm giving away some little real fruit gummy things this year. And I also put this little basket, which was an idea from my friend, Nina Mandelson, who's also been on the podcast. I put a little basket of old trinkety toys. So that if there's little kids, they can come grab a soldier or a man. Um, and that just really feels like I'm, you know, honoring that we want to be nice to the earth. That we want to recycle. I'm not buying anything that I wouldn't you know, want my kids to have and giving it away to other people. Um, not that that's wrong. I'm just saying like that this was a choice I made. So where I haven't quite figured out how to totally be in alignment is my kids do go trick-or-treating. They are allowed to collect candy. And I've had different things that I do on different years. So even though they're older and aren't sure about the idea of the switch witch, the switch witch still does come sometimes. She used to bring a toy. More recently, she brings money for candy that's left behind. And sometimes a lot of candy ends up at my husband's office. So it's kind of like, I don't really want to be perpetuating this idea that people are going out and buying candy and my kids are buying candy and then Somehow everyone at my husband's office is eating candy. That doesn't feel quite right, but that was the way we've gotten it out of our house. Um, in more recent years, as my kids are getting older and I really want to empower them to make good choices and money doesn't have as much power somehow. I mean, who doesn't want money for their candy? Um, we've also done something that was also inspired by my friend Nina, where we've taken out all the candy and sort of done a taste test of what's what, just in little teeny, teeny slivers, which also doesn't quite fit in with my values because we waste a lot, we throw a lot away, but at least they've tasted it. Now, I say they, my daughter and I can't. So we literally can't have gluten, dairy, gelatin, uh, or I should say my daughter really can't. Um, so... So that's different. That's like a boundary that exists and sometimes I'm really grateful for. So that's kind of where we are in Halloween. It's not perfect, but I think the more and more we can think about these boundaries, the closer we move toward um, feeling good, really good in these situations. I feel okay on Halloween and I'm sure it will get better and better with time, but that's where we are today. Okay. Next week on the podcast, we're going to start talking more about boundaries with our guests, just different boundaries that come up. A big one that I find us busy women struggle with is that we're on the hook to make a lot of food and show up in ways that we're dreading. We're already dreading Thanksgiving and Christmas. And if we're not on the hook to make the food, sometimes we're on the hook to show up somewhere to food that we don't necessarily want to eat. And so my guest next week is going to take us through that. And she has a fantastic plan for how she has come to make food so that she doesn't have to worry about what she can eat. And she starts now, which is why we are airing that interview next week. And not only is that, she is going to share her whole plan with us. So I'm super excited about that one. So if food and what you're making for the holidays is on your radar, then you're going to want to listen to that episode. I also, in the week after that, am going to have an episode 
um, by an amazing woman who creates a journal that we can do during the holiday season. And I actually had her, her name is Kim Marie. I had her on the podcast last year. I was re-listening to the episode and two things. One, I think the quality has gone up of this podcast in the past year, which I'm kind of excited about because it didn't sound so good then. And I think it sounds a bit better now. And also I had not done the journal yet. So I don't feel like I quite had the right questions for her because this little journal, this 12 day experience really changed my world this year. And so I want it to have the same, I, I want to be able to ask the right questions so that you can benefit from that. And then the one other thing I'm going to say about boundaries, and we're going to be talking about lots of things in between, but these are just three milestones that if you could only tune into three things, I think these are all going to be fantastic. But right now, this isn't a boundary. This is an aside. Right now, I've been telling you guys that this relaunch of our website has been kind of a big deal. And it's been a big deal because there's a lot going on in my life. There's a lot of moving parts to create a website. Uh, Certain technologies haven't quite worked as we planned. My emails apparently haven't been going out to you guys if you're on our list. So it's just been a little bit of a bumpy few months over on the website platform of Plan Simple Meals, soon to be Plan Simple. And I, so I have no way for you to sign up for this yet, but we are getting closer and closer to the point where we will have this new system set up. We will have a way for you to sign up. And at that point, I'm going to start sharing that on Black Friday at 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7 a.m. Pacific Standard Time, I'm going to have a class about crafting your December. And I do this in a very specific way. I think a lot of people would call what I create an advent calendar. Sometimes I call it a countdown calendar because I really want it to not have to, it's not that I don't want it to have to do with Christmas, but I don't want people who don't celebrate Christmas to feel like they're excluded from it because really you could be counting down to the new year as well, but many people count down to Christmas. And it is a way that I have found that our family can really center around the values that are important to us during that time, which do change from year to year. It's going to look different this year than it looked last year and different than it looked the year before because each year there's sort of a different thing that we're striving for. This year, I have two girls who are in major performances, major different performances during the Christmas season at really big halls. So I'll be doing more driving than I've ever done. One of them is in seven performances and one of them is in 16. And this isn't normally something that we do or that I would promote people to do, but it's just what happened this year. So I'm going to have to really look at that and see how I can craft our December to feel how I want to feel despite all these things that are going on. So more about that soon. Again, do follow us on Instagram and Instagram stories because that's where I'm going to be sharing a lot of this. That is the place that I'm having the most fun because it's visual and I can still put words and I'm not dependent on the current state of my website. And eventually all of this will also be on our website. But for right now, that's where I am. And I love it there because you can comment, but you can also message me and we can have a conversation. So please message me if that resonates and we can we can chat. All right. I feel like there was another thing I wanted to say. Um, I think that those were the things about boundaries and magic. 
And so let's, let me tell you a little bit about Lisa Marie. So Lisa Marie Grantham is a business coach, a spiritual leader, and she's the founder of the Goddess Lifestyle Plan and the School of Magical Living. See that magical part? She is a past columnist for Aspire Magazine for Women, and she's an Amazon International bestselling author. And I think she's been part of more than one book, but I know her because we were part of a book that we both had chapters in that did become an international bestseller. So that's fun. And that is how I know her. I know her because we wrote these stories together and we were part of this community and we helped each other, you know, um, we helped each other become Amazon bestsellers, which is so fun. She's a leader and facilitator of the Goddess Lifestyle Sisterhood as well. And she has successfully created a thriving global brand while raising her children. And you will hear her tell that story in this episode. She is passionate about teaching ambitious, soul-centered women how to live magically every day and create an abundant life and prosperous laptop business they love. I love that. All right, you guys, so you're going to love everything she has to say, so listen up, and if you love what you hear today, if you love what you've been hearing, please find your way over to iTunes. We're going to make a specific link when this new site goes up to make it super easy for you, but for right now, figure out how to get to iTunes, rate and review the podcast. We're really, really trying to up this number as we head into 2019, so that is the biggest compliment, the biggest favor you could do for us because... We serve up all this content for free. We're now on three times a week, and we're hoping that, that, that we'll be able to keep going this way. And I know this sounds weird that rating and reviewing would help that, but it does because as you rate and review the podcast, more people can actually find us. And that's what we need to grow this audience. All right, you guys, let's get Lisa on the show. All right, you guys, I want to welcome our guest today, Lisa Marie Grantham, which I was about to announce her old name, but I'm not going to because I want her to share her story. So it's kind of funny that I was going to say her old name. Tell us a little bit about your journey to where you are now, because I find it fascinating. You guys don't get to see, if you go to the blog post, you'll see Lisa's beautiful headshot. But if you saw her, you would have no idea that she could possibly be a grandmother. And so I just want to hear you to hear a little bit about her journey, because I know a lot of us listening to this podcast have small children or at sort of the beginning of our journey. And I think it's so cool to see what life can become. So will you, will you dive into a little bit about Lisa Marie? Yes, yes, I'd love to. Um, it, it's been a, a long journey when I look back on it, but it really goes much quicker. And I just, then you, then you imagine it will. Um, it, the time flies, but the day-to-day can feel very mundane. So I want to meet all of you mamas where you're at right now, because I remember those days. And for me, when I started um, the, my, my journey to, to what, what, who I've become, as a woman and who I've become as a leader in my industry, it, I, I just, I look back and I'm, I don't know I could ever do it all again, honestly, uh, because there was a lot of obstacles, but they were all worth it. And that's what I guess I want to say as, as a fast forward. It's all worth it. 
the journey is, it can feel very long and mundane, but it's, it's so worth it in the end. So when I first started uh, thinking about coaching, I remember I, I've always been a lover and a student of the things I love in life. So I had that going for me because a lot of the women in my community that I work with, they lose who they are, a sense of who they are, and it all becomes a life becomes about service to their children, their family, and the, and the, the community. Uh, but for me, I was always the type that if I was interested in it, I sought higher learning in it. And I'm a student of life, and I have a lot of things I love and I'm passionate and interested in. So I always tried different things. I went to interior design school when my children were young. And I, I worked as an interior designer in my own company for a while. I discovered that I really hate designing for other people. <laughs> <laughs> then I went to nutrition school and for, because I was wanting to grow old, healthy as, mm -hmm. for myself. And I ended up doing health coaching, which completely, even though I, I don't consider myself a health coach, I've expanded from that coaching, but that was really the catalyst. I, I'm a yoga instructor uh, by certification. I don't do that, but it, it all was part of my journey of who I am today. Um, so once I, once I graduated Institute for Integrative Nutrition, it was life-changing for me. I started coaching, health coaching, and the, um, the philosophy of IIN is that it's all very holistic. And that, you know, it's not really what you're eating, it's what's eating you or what's missing in your primary food. And that just, because I did all that health coaching, it was more life coaching. Mm -hmm. And I got, I got bit by the bug for life coaching. And then I was working all day, every day life coaching. And I woke up one morning and I said, geez, I'm burnt out. I don't even want to go to work. And that was really scary. And I thought to myself, well, this is what I'm meant to do. I know I love helping. I know I love being a coach. How can I leverage myself where I don't feel as exhausted? And that started my online journey, my online business trajectory. I started looking into ways of getting maybe my, my message out into the world instead of just being concentrated in a brick and mortar uh, uh, practice on Long Island. And oh my gosh, mind blown when you go online and you start meeting other entrepreneurs who are doing it. And then, you know, it, 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 it just evolved. And what and started- And time, how old were your kids? Oh God, they were young. And I was juggling that. And I have some strategies for that. that how really, many kids do you have? I, I, I have three. I have three. three. Same. Got it. I'm an empty nester now. Very happy empty nester. Not that I don't adore and love my children, but I really feel like it's my time now. Yeah. Um, I became a mom for the first time at 22. And um, my daughter now is 29. My oldest, my youngest is 17. Yeah. Um, it, it, it's been a journey, but I really truly feel like I, I, I was of service to them. I, mom, I mommied them. And yeah. now I feel like, oh my gosh, I'm still healthy enough to enjoy life. So I'm in a really sweet spot right now. I love that. I love that. And I love that, well, you've also had a, a, an adventure of sorts with um, your, your new last name. Yes, <laughs> right? yes, so, yes. So you've really, so you've, you've, you're recently married to, to your, your love. Um, ah. And mm -hmm. so in this path, you've also sort of navigated that and what that means and, and really focused on what it is that's going to create the life that you, you want, right? Yeah. My, my previous marriage, I mean, I was, I was with um, this particular man for 11 years. I, well, I did not 
I did not initiate the divorce. He did. But boy, did he know better than me because I just, <laughs> you know, he, he did the right thing. He did me a big, huge favor. And, um, you know, it's, it's just, it was like, where, how am I going to be starting over at 49? That was really uh, scary for me. Empty nester, uh, moved, by the way, folks, to a completely different part of the country. I went from living in New York, born and raised there, every friend I've ever made, all my children were there, and I moved down to Southwest Florida. And then, and then my husband, who I really moved here for, says, I don't, you know, I don't want to be married anymore. And I'm like, whoa, you know, he wanted to spend the, the last, the last oh, years of his life there before. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. It was really shocking. And, um, it was shocking. And I was here all by myself, uh, just basically starting to get some roots in Southwest Florida, but I made the decision, you know what, I would rather have sunshine 365 days a year yep. and, and figure it out which is yep. what I decided to do. And it paid off big. Awesome. So that is a great dovetail into the topic that I really want to ask you about, which is magic. Cause I mm -hmm. feel like it's such, I feel like it's a little bit of a new buzzword. Actually, I heard what we had um, Sarah Jenks on the show a couple of months ago, and she recently said that magic is the new yoga. <laughs> so I love that it's becoming sort of, <laughs> the word is becoming so mainstream. So tell us a little bit about magic because I think it probably played a big role in where you are today and how you figured things out like tell us your understanding of magic and how we might bring it into our lives a little bit great question first of all I love magic is the new yoga um <laughs> I'm, I'm totally using that uh I have been a magical practitioner uh since I'm 16 I've been interesting interested in the metaphysical aspect and uh universal law spirituality uh, the divine, I'm kind of obsessed with the divine and what that even means. Um, mystic, in, in, I, I think I have a lot of the mystic archetype, always looking like, who is God and what is God and what does it all mean? But for me, magical living is working um, with universe, in, in alignment with universal law, mm -hmm. in alignment with your deepest desires and intentions, and co-creating with the divine. That's basically magical living in a nutshell. Everything, it's about vibration, personal vibration. It is about your thoughts create your, your reality, you know? It's about all of those practices. And it's also about formal stuff like ritual and lighting candles and praying. And, you know, it could be as, as um, simple magical living as living with intention, living in co-creation with the divine. And it could be really, really formal with formal ritual and the whole, you know, the whole show that goes with that. Okay, cool. So, and here at Plan Simple, obviously, like we're tackling a little bit of, of planning and how a busy woman and most of our audience has kids, you know, can fit in sort of food, the lifestyle she's craving. We call, we call it the flow system. So R-O is OM, which is sort of this magical lifestyle. Like how do you fit that in and work? Like how do we balance all these things? And I love having you here because I feel like you've very much mastered balancing all these things in your lifetime. So in terms of this magic and this, this OM, this spirituality, what have been some of your most successful ways either for yourself or your clients that you find sort of just fitting it in, like making space for it? Because I feel like 
the biggest part about all this is it has to really, I love that word intention. Cause I feel like if we, if we have a strong intention for what we want, then we can then plan for it. Right. And, and make time for it. And, but I feel like there's this, uh, this other level of just making space for these, these rituals and stuff, which will then also, pl- you know, there's like, there's planning for the time, but then there's also planning for the headspace to let the universe do its work or the magic. Yes, 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 exactly. And, um, I, I'm I, the funniest thing about me, and, and, and I think it's an awesome thing about me, but it's a quirky thing about me, is I'm very, I'm a Virgo. I'm a very Virgo Virgo. And if, you, and if you follow astrology like I do, the archetype of Virgo is like, it needs to be, it needs to make sense. It needs to be organized. And I need to be able to realistically do it. Like mm-hmm. I cannot, I don't have time in any given day, even now as an empty nester to go make a whole big ritual every day. That's right. not what magical living is for me. So that's the beauty of my work. Like women are coming to me burnt out, overwhelmed. Like where do I begin? Well, for me, it's as simple as you begin. Um, and this is a big, big, huge tip. So so open those ears. It's, it's about bookending your day. I start my day with prayer and I end my day. I close my work day with prayer. Mm-hmm. And, that's, and, and that's how I start to connect to my sacred practice. Every morning I walk in my office, I light a tea-like candle to the Virgin Mary statue. I am very attached to the Blessed Mother, the Virgin Mary. She is my feminine archetype. She, she stands for compassion and love and I can tend to be very hard on myself. I could also be very harsh in general, like, no, you know, you're dead to me. You, you, you know, like that. Yeah. So I'm trying to cultivate these beautiful um, qualities within myself. So I always work with the Blessed Mother year round. And so I light a candle in the morning. I just close my eyes a moment. And my invocation, my magical practice is show me, guide my thoughts, my words, and actions today to be of service to the women that need me. Just guide me. Amen. And I start my work day. That right there, less than 10 seconds calls in the universe. It calls in the divine. And it it puts you in a place of being in service, which is what we're all here to do, right? All of our businesses are service businesses. So I just say, guide me, use me, use me to be a force of good in the world. Whatever words come to me in the morning, but it's basically giving my life over to the divine to use me in the best possible and the most high vibrational way possible. And, and then a, I, Oh, sorry. I, I, yeah, I was no. going to say, is that a similar practice to the evening? Yes. At the, at the end of the day, I just say, thank you for this day. Thank you for using me in, in, mm-hmm. in, the, in the highest way possible. I'm done. I'm, I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm going to sleep. <laughs> yeah, because the, the gods have, have a sense of humor. They really yeah. do. I'm like, I am totally done. Thank you for using me. Until uh, tomorrow. Yeah. Well, and I hope that for anyone listening for whom, because it's interesting because you just used a lot of very, of religious words, but I did that, but the way that you say it isn't religious. So I hope that everyone can hear that, um, you know, that it can be anything, right? Like you could, it could be to your trees, <laughs> you know, like it really totally. Can, yeah. Totally. Yeah. And so whatever your background is like we, it, it's about, I think it's about that pause and about knowing that it's not all about you. Um, because when we can take ourselves out of it a little bit, it, it just makes it all 
flow better, right? It, it absolutely does. Yes. Not to interrupt, but all, my belief is that all paths lead to one. Number one, that's a firm belief of mine. And also I truly believe because I teach magical living, I truly believe that the divine comes to each person in the way it's meant to for them. And if, if it's, you know, that nature is your, is your, uh, divinity, you know, and that's, and that then talk, just open up that conversation between you and your higher power, you and something greater than yourself, exactly what you said. So yes, I have things that I say, but it, it, that's the world according to Lisa. Everybody, and I love teaching women how to curate their own sacred practice. It's part of my passion um, because I don't believe in boxes. I don't like boxes. I was constantly being born and raised into a Catholic home. I was kind of, tr I was tried to be, I was forced to try to be, or they tried to make me go into a box of religion. And I, I completely rebelled against that. So for me, I teach it all, mm -hmm. but always, you know, you take what you curate your own sacred practice and what feels good. So yes, it, whoever your higher power is, the, 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 the crux of my message is start that conversation on a daily basis. Yeah. I love that. And then so, so we talk a lot actually about this. So, and I talk a lot about my morning practice sort of as a meditation practice, but, and, and what, what I also have found really successful for myself is just because, you know, I have certain times I can work because the kids are at school and certain times I want to be with the kids because the kids are home and, you know, I eating well is important to me and exercise is important to me. And so what I end up doing in a week is I sort of draw, talk about boxes, but I draw rectangles around sort of time chunks. So I might know that, you know, I have this hour to do whatever my, or, you know, 10 minutes to do my mindful practice in the morning. But, um, you know, then I have this four hour chunk to work, but I don't always fill in the chunk until after I've had that practice, you know, to really understand what it is I'm supposed to do. Is that similar to how you sort of figure out how to go forth in the day? For me now, um, when, when I was home with my kids, I had more structure. So, mm -hmm. because I had to, because my life was revolving around their schedule or right. my, my time to do my soul work, my, right. my work revolved around their needs. Um, right. As they got older, it, it's, it's, it's like a seesaw, you know, in yeah. the beginning when they were young, you have to listen, they're not old enough to get their own juice. You have to change their diapers. So you got to yeah. do those things. But by a certain time, you know, they started to be able to do all those things. And then I was able to be like, hey, go get your own lunch. I, or I left it in the fridge, get it and eat, you know. Yes. And you start to notice. But here's the funny thing I remember. And I, it might just be me that I struggled with. I kept them. I, in my mind, they were more babyish than they really were age-wise. Oh, like totally. I, <laughs> I, still, I had to have these like awakenings where like they can get their own snack. Like yeah. they can do that. Um, so I, I was just in mommy mode so much that I would not realize that they were capable. Yeah. And, and um, you know, I always speak the truth and I have to say, I'm a little embarrassed about this, but I, I, I actually got told that by a therapist of all things, you know, my kids were getting to an age where they, I had, I had a daughter first and then two sons and I could speak girl, but I really wasn't speaking boy so well, especially once they weren't babies. Yeah. Um, and they start to react a little different. They want their privacy. Their answer is usually fine or good. And I try to like excavate and that was just bad. So it made them shut down even more. So at a certain point I, I said, I need 
I need somebody to help me here. I'm not communicating the way I want to. And um, I didn't understand boy. And so she told me, she says, well, because I, one of the things that came up is that I'm busy and, you know, I want to work more now that they're older. And she says, well, do they do their own laundry and cook a, cook a meal, cook dinner one time per week? And I looked at her, I said, no. And she's like, well, why aren't you teaching them to do their own laundry? I'm like, because they'll ruin their clothes. She goes, yeah, but that's part of it. Or you could just show them. They might ruin a couple of things, but you have to train them to be self-sufficient humans. Right. And, and I'm talking like this was 11 or I think my oldest was 15 and my youngest at the time was 11. So I was like, she goes, you need to start giving them responsibilities so that you make them self-sufficient. And I was like, I'm not making them self-sufficient. I thought I, 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 here was the, you know, I was rocking my brand all about living a goddess life. And I was, I was raising basically like, you know, two babies that couldn't be on their own. And so I said, all right. And and I said, well, dinner, my youngest is 11. She goes, listen, he doesn't have to cook, buy a roasted chicken, buy a bag salad, have him prepare it and put it on the table. Yeah. So I had to be schooled on that, like how to allow them to grow up because in my mind, taking care of you was my job. Yeah. It's a really important transition. Um, and it happens around, uh, obviously. And I'm in the middle of that actually, cause mine are nine, um, 12 and 14 and it's yes. right at that stage. Where, yes. Um, it's very much, you know, and boy and girl are so different and oh. it's just, you know, it's yeah. But I feel so in the middle of that right now. So I hear, I hear that. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I will be, was- be motivated by your psychologist. <laughs> yes, yes. I'm telling you, she was just like, Lisa, you are not helping them to be self-sufficient human beings. I'm like, I was like insulted. I was like, yeah. I, of course I am. They, they could speak their mind and speak their truth. And she goes, yeah, but they can't do their own laundry. Yeah. And I was like, oh. And I, uh, when mine started walking to school this year, which has been huge. And that's like amazing. I'm like, oh my God, I don't have to be the driver anymore. <laughs> I, I know. But one of the I things know. I always do is try to remember myself at that age because I felt really old and I did a lot. Like I used to take, I mean, I feel like a little bit times have changed. Not that I'm that old, but I used to take the train by myself, like from, you know, New York to Washington. Uh, it's a little harder now because there's actually like regulations, but I did that when I was 12 you know, and, and we can't do that so much anymore, but like I could, I was fine. I fed myself. I got on and off the train. I like found the person I was supposed to find. It all worked out. I will tell you that. Um, and again, it's, 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 it's not something I'm completely embracing because my, my husband, he, he's been pretty much feeding himself and he used to get on a, on a bus when he was like five, I swear, and go across town with like a quarter. And I, I was like, Oh my God, you know? And I was like, where was your mother? Where was your father? And he told me, I was just fine. He goes, we're really crippling our kids today. He goes, you know, he, he didn't have children. So, and he never wanted children. So that, that's one thing. But he was like, if, if I ever had a baby, if we ever had a child, that child would be running off and doing its thing. Like in, in a, in a flea market. I'm like, Oh no, it wouldn't. Like we, I don't know who's right or who's wrong, but back then we survived. We survived yeah. drinking out of hoses. We survived. My mother used to throw me out the door and say, don't come home until the streetlights come on. And, and we didn't have cell phones. We didn't have cell phones. Right? So, we didn't have a way that no one could track us or call us or 
So it really is very different. It's funny. And I've embraced that to some extent. I mean, I definitely have embraced that. And it's interesting because when my kids were little, we lived sort of near a park. And I remember this stage when my oldest was like, can I go by myself? And I thought about it. And, you know, I watched him sort of like ease his way down the road toward the park. And then I let him go and he got stopped by an adult who was like, what, where's your mother? Like, why are you here alone? And I'm just like, well, oh gosh, that wasn't part of my plan. So I feel like you never know. Yeah. But yeah. It's important to let them be able to answer those questions, right? Because that will happen. All right. Yeah. So back to magic. So mm -hmm. a couple of things I'm noticing just because we are technically, no one else has seen the video, but we are doing this by video is, is tell us. So I know that you're diffusing oils right now. You have like a crystal around your neck. So are there other little practices that make their way into your life or things that you set up that um, have helped this practice for you? Yes, definitely. Um, there's been times in my life where I get disconnected from my magic and that's because I don't have any of my magical things around me or the things that I feel a connection to when I say magical. So for me, it's crystals and gemstones, it's essential oils, it's herbalism, it's nature in general. So, you know, there have been times in my life where I didn't decorate with those things. So for me, part of staying on my spiritual and magical path is always having those things around me. They're part of my decor. They're, they're my jewelry, you know, um, because crystals and gemstones hold a vibration. Uh, they also can hold an intention. Some of the things I teach my inner circle, the goddess lifestyle sisterhood is, you know, in full moon, you can charge your crystals and gemstones or your sacred adornments, your favorite pieces. And you can even um, infuse, infuse a gemstone with intention uh, in your hands. And then you carry them, they're touchstones to your magic. Mm -hmm. uh, so when I look around and there's things that remind me of my magic, those are touchstones during my day. Also, it's very much, uh, I'm sure, similar to what you teach, mindfulness is so important for living magically because to be honest with you, life is mundane. Doing the things we have to do in a day is mundane, but I literally make fold it, doing the laundry magical. You know, I'll put essential oils in the, in the water of the washing machine. These things don't take a lot of time. They're just part of ritual that you do over and over, that. you know, and it's, it's not a big fancy old thing. It's like, you know, I leave the essential oils there and I'll put it in you know, and then in the dryer on my dryer balls. And when I fold the laundry, the, the aroma of those, it's, you know, and I just stay present, like I'm folding laundry. Also for me, I also made a practice of, and this is very important for magical living because your hands are magical tools. They are literally magical tools. Any feelings you're having on the inside, the things you touch, that energy comes out of you and onto those things. So I made a practice years ago. I never, ever cook when I'm angry or stressed or resentful or anything. I really try to shake off that mood before I start preparing the food for myself and my, my loved ones. Um, I try to always, you know, do the laundry and just be mindful. That's why the smells help me. You know, when I'm folding laundry, I'm like, oh, it smells so good. You know, it takes that like, shit, I got to fold some more laundry type of thing that used to, it, it just bypasses it for me. So 
keeping things that I find beautiful around me is living magically. So planting a beautiful flower bed or, you know, buying flowers and bringing them into the home or orchids. I have, I have a huge, um, well, not huge, but it's, I have an ever growing orchid collection. (laughs) Now that I live in Southwest Florida, I always dreamed of having tropical flowers. So I decided when I moved down here, that would be something that I would bring into my life. So it's really just living very mindfully. I love that. Um, I love that. And it's funny because we talk sometimes about picky eaters and I really do believe that ha- like 90% of picky eaters is that by the time we're showing up to make dinner, it we're so stressed and that that is literally like, you know, coming through the food. You know, I talk about it in different ways, like just, you know, planning for your meal and whatever. But a lot of it's what you just said, like we're cooking resentful or angry or whatever. And yes, comes through. The energetics of it, the energetics of it. And that's very magical. The energy is always part of magical living. Like what is your intention? What is your energy right now? Where are you? What is your energetic state right now? Should I be doing this? Yeah. I love that. All right. So I had one more question actually that kind of ties into the hands a little bit because I was just poking around your site, which we will put in the show notes because I love it. And I got totally drawn into this picture of a class about the elements. And it's because you're painting and drawing and a really important sort of magical practice in my life has been doing the artist's way and like creating a sort of a journal of um, pictures and painting. And so I just want to hear your take on that just because... That's a personal question. <laughs> yeah, great question. Well, the schoolofmagicalliving.com is, is my, it's been the dream in my heart for a very long time. I didn't know how it would come to, to be, but since I was a, a teenager, I always dreamed of having a uh, spiritual shop, like a metaphysical store. And, and so in the back of my mind, I was always like, how am I going to teach? Yeah, it's unbelievable. And it's like, now I have like my metaphysical store online, but amazing it's amazing how the universe works and stuff and I did get my dream so people learn differently that's what I I think as an online teacher and I'm sure you feel the same people definitely learn in different ways and the manifesting process has become since the law of attraction became such a buzzword and, and of course, you know, the most popular, it has the, that, that universal law has the best PR agent of all the universal laws, <laughs> you, know? you know, that's everywhere, law of attraction. Um, people were starting to do vision boards and stuff and pe- things weren't manifesting for them. Like, you know, and, and, and then they lost maybe faith that it doesn't work for me or it's not meant for me. Mm-hmm. Completely, completely not true. The truth of the matter is, is that the elements and how you route and work with the elements have everything to do with how you manifest. So when I, t- I have this uh, one course, which is Abundance Alchemy, it goes deeper into the process. But I thought, let me do a fun, creative workshop. Because a lot of women that are heart-centered are very creative. They love to like, can I kind of draw the journal, doodle, paint. Mm-hmm. So... I got this, I, I did a beta test actually for, uh, in an interview uh, with a creative community that always invites me back and the results were unbelievable. So manifesting with the elements, a creative workshop came to life through that. Like I didn't realize how much women love to learn about the elements, but draw them. All of the, uh, the, the ways that each element routes power, how they fit into the manifestation process. 
and the results have been phenomenal. So that's how right, well, that. Now you're gonna have to tell us. Okay, so tell us what the the elements are. What are the elements? So the the elements are air, mm -hmm. fire, water, earth, and of course co-creation with spirit. Okay, and then and so and so the process of of drawing them is is about figuring out your position with each of them. Definitely that will help because let me, let me explain to you each element. So the element of air corresponds to the mental realm or your thoughts. Yep. The element of fire represents your passion and the action realm. So are you, so, so when you, when you were talking about that particular element, I invite my students to tap in. Are you not taking enough inspired action do you have a lack of fire or are you working until your eyeballs are falling out your head and you're burning right. out and that's an overabundance of fire so you're able to start to understand the element and you want them in balance of course always you want them in balance because when they're in balance everything flows beautifully and the element of water corresponds to the emotional realm and the element of earth is all the tangible Mm -hmm. Everything we can touch and feel and experience on the, on the earthly plane. And of course, the spiritual realm is, is the universe, the divine, and how you experience the divine. And how that all works together in a matrix to literally bring your desires into, into to manifest into physical realm. I love that. I love that. And I love, I love the connection to using your hands and drawing or painting or whatever because I just, yeah that's something that resonates with me personally <laughs> so I love that um, and it's funny because we you know I, you know in in creating this planning process what I have realized is like for myself is that I always have one thing that I clearly know I'm supposed to do whether that's in work or family or health or food um, you know and then there's always something that I really need to learn about, you know, and it's different. And I always talk about everything in terms of 90 day seasons. Cause I just don't like my attention span is that long <laughs> or stuff is always changing in motherhood or I don't know, but somehow it's always in 90 day seasons. And, and so it's cool because, you know, I mentioned the artist way, like I've dived into that for the past 90 days and I've really loved it. And so as I learn more about sort of my own rituals and practices, that seems to be an area where I'm diving into learning more. So it's great. So everyone should go check out Lisa's site if that's. Oh, thank you so much. Doing. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. So, um, all right. Well, do you have anything else that you want to share? Just any other wisdom that you think a, a busy mother should know? And, and we have a lot of entrepreneurs. So, you know, we love have, it. Well, I think all mothers are entrepreneurial, whether you work or not, but isn't that the truth? I feel the same way, which is why I'm so passionate about teaching women how to create. I, I just feel like the wealth of the wealth of the world should be in the hands of women. I think the world would be in much, much kinder place. Um, but, but Hey, that's just, that's just my feeling on it. And that's why I do what I can to help each woman create financial and time freedom for herself. Nothing feels better than to share your guilt, gifts, make the world a better place and create whatever life you want for yourself and, and your family. So my advice listening on the entrepreneurial uh, and, and the mothering route is, is that nothing happens overnight, really. It's about working with the elements, and we discuss what they are, air, fire, water, earth, and spirit, but also slow and steady steps 
that are continual build more momentum than busting ass and stopping. So yeah. for, if I was going to give any, any uh, words of wisdom at the end of this, this interview, it would be just take, it doesn't have to be a large step every day, just a small step, move your business forward, move your life forward and keep good boundaries around work time and family time if you're a mama because and then also notice when they're growing up and can actually do crap for themselves because that was something yeah. I struggled with. We just did a whole episode and anyone listening can go back with Megan Flat the Monday episodes on boundaries and I think that's such an important one just to first of all have them, right? Like because I don't think we can tap into any besides motherhood like if we're, if we're thinking about work or spirituality or our food or our health or our relationships like we need boundaries around our parenting if we're going to have space for any of those and then just that also that idea that those boundaries change and they change within a year as the seasons change they change as our kids get older there's so many different things that shift those boundaries so we kind of always have to be keeping them in mind Always. And, and the thing that I work with the most, honestly, is boundaries around yourself. Because yeah. here's the thing, we've got a lot of times we can tell everybody back off, but we don't actually stop ourselves from overdoing or yes. feeling guilty. We have to have boundaries around our, our own thoughts and behaviors so that we can all, always be as, as, as much in balance as possible so our life can flow. And, and we can raise healthy, healthy humans that are capable and able to go out there and do great things in the world themselves. Yeah, I love that. And, and I love that your story really shows, I, I feel like so often we feel like everything's so random, especially in this time of motherhood, like wanting to learn how to eat healthier or, you know, wanting to master this thing. And we can just feel like, shouldn't we be on this trajectory of like this one thing that we're supposed to be doing? But what I love about your story, because I don't even know that we finished it, is that you did this thing with interior design and you weren't even sure about it. In fact, you didn't like it. But now in life, that's kind of circling back, right? Because with your new husband, you have this new business and you're doing real estate. And I can imagine, and also even in the magic part, like you talk about, home stuff. You talk about altars. All the time. You talk about flowers and all of that ties back. So I just feel like everything leads to what it will be in the end and that we get so hung up on time. But it's just that thing of just showing up like little by little and that like over time it all comes. It's just not going to come tomorrow. <laughs> I know, which is, which is something I still find myself in resistance to when I'm not mindful of yeah. my own monkey mind. It's like, this needs to happen yesterday or last year, or why isn't this happening yet? It's all about living in flow with divine timing. That's why really surrendering every day is a very good practice to me. I surrender myself over to the divine to use me in the highest ways possible. And, and, and also it strengthens faith too. When you hand over everything to a higher power, you do strengthen your faith. It's, it's just all about these, these beautiful practices, but yeah, it, 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 it's so true. Everything I ever learned, even though they made zero sense or had any sort of connection back then have all come into play. Yeah. Every single thing I've ever invested in and learned has come into play for today. I love it. Well, thank you so much for your time, Lisa Marie. And I'm so, I'm so excited you could be here and we made it work out. I almost yeah. messed up with some email moving around, but I'm so grateful that you are here. So thank you.
thank you for sharing me with your with your listeners. And I'm really happy we connected again. Yeah, you're wonderful. Every episode, I choose three doable changes. These are actions that you are taking from the inspiration you hear in the episodes so that you can make your life feel great too. And we can think all we want, we can plan all we want, which I love, but in the end, we have to get into action. And so I find really focusing on one thing at a time. So pick one thing a week and you really choose that you're going to work on this thing. You schedule for it. You put items in your calendar that support that one thing. And then you try to have some fun with it. And what this does is it really allows you to not be in overwhelm around that one thing. So I really recommend that everyone choose one doable change a week. And if you want to be inspired by this episode, here are three you could choose from. Number one, bookend your day with a sacred practice. Lisa Marie starts and ends her day with prayer. You might choose to meditate, light a candle, express gratitude. You could say something like Lisa Marie does. Thank you for this day. Thank you for using me to be in the highest way possible. I'm done. I'm out of here. I'm going to sleep. It doesn't have to be a big, huge, long practice. A few minutes or even a few seconds can change so much. I used to laugh when people said, just pause and take a breath because it almost sounded so simple that you would forget to do it, but it really, really works. So choose a simple, I'm going to call it OM practice and start and end your day with it. All right. Number two, add magic to the mundane. I love this one. There are things we have to do that feel mundane. We have to do the laundry. We have to pay the bills. We have to make breakfast, lunch, and dinner every single day. So try adding magic to these things. Maybe you add some essential oils when you wash the clothes to help you stay present when you fold them. Maybe you light a candle and enjoy a glass of wine when you pay bills. I'm a fan of chocolate. Maybe you shake off your bad mood before you start cooking dinner. This could be like turning on the music at top speed and doing a dance, locking yourself in the bathroom to take your deep breaths, whatever it takes to show up to making food in a happy way. All right, number three, involve your kids. So if you have babies, this probably isn't the right doable change for you, but you have two other ones that you could focus on. But tuck this one away because maybe it'll come in handy a little bit later. But one of our jobs is to help our kids learn self-sufficiency and help yourself at the same time stop feeling like you have to do everything. So give kids a task appropriate to their age. If they haven't done it before, you might need to teach them. So the beginning might take a little bit longer. They don't just know what it means when you say, wash the dishes or clean your room. They might go do their version, but very often that version is not what we adults have in our head. So if they haven't done it before, just remember it might take some time and they could set the table, they could fold laundry, they could make dinner, or at least they could make the salad, they could wash the salad, they could wipe down the cal calendar, they could wipe down the counter, they could sweep the floor. There are tons of options of what they could do. Actually, you know what? I'm thinking of this. There is a list in the Plan Simple Meals book. 
And I can't remember if we created a blog post on that. So go to the show notes if you want a list about chores and either I will put it directly into that post or I will link out to the one where it is because I do have a list of at least health and kitchen related chores by age. So you can really get a grasp of what your kid could do at each age. Usually we hugely underestimate what a kid can do because really by the time our child is, you know, 12 to 14, they should be able to cook a full dinner. And very often we have college kids who can't do that. So anyway, I spell that out in this, this list that's in the book and I will make sure it's available to this episode as well. So involve your kids. And don't forget to check out on Instagram and Instagram stories, what's going down. So maybe the chores one will be, it's a story that if you're listening to this in real time, you'll see in real time. And then eventually what we'll do is we'll move it over to one of those little circles where you can see the story going forward. But come chat about this over on Instagram because I think this is a really fun topic to make community around. So if involving your kids is something that you're feeling called to do, like come join the conversation over there, share what you're doing, tag Plan Simple Meals. So this can be part of a bigger conversation um, because I think it's so important. And it's really, really a great thing at this time of year in particular as we head into the holidays. All right, you guys, I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for now. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Plan Simple podcast. If you loved what you heard, the biggest compliment you can give is to share the podcast with a friend. And if you really loved what you heard, if you want to go onto iTunes and subscribe, rate, and review, that really helps us get the best guests we can and improve the podcast so that we're serving up exactly what you want to hear. I will see you on the next episode of the Plan Simple Podcast. Bye for now.